If we have any children, they can come forward if they would like. But if not, that's okay because we are all children, right? We are all children of God. There you go. Come on up here, Troy, right here. <laughs> he just had to. <laughs> all right. Well, good morning. This is where you say morning. Good morning. All right. How are you? I'm well, and how are you? Good. Blessed by the Lord. Always. So, with that said, I have a picture. And maybe you can help me out. Does anybody know what this picture is? What is this picture? It's my heart. It's a heart, not necessarily yours. But nevertheless, Thank God. Paul used this as an example. He used this as an example because the Corinthians had heart disease. Now, I don't mean there was really something with the heart, but he was saying that there is something wrong with you. You are, there is spiritually heart disease. You see, the problem was, is that the Corinthians, they had it all. They were blessed by God. The church was growing. Things were happening. New ministries were forming. And then it happens. Paul received word that the church that he planted by the grace of God was in a down spiral. Things started to happen. People were fighting amongst people. There were sex scandals in the church. They didn't believe the basic teachings that Jesus had taught them. Paul was beside himself. He says, look, you have a spiritual heart disease. Then Paul goes on to explain that we are truly blessed by God and that we truly need to love one another. You see, that's the thing, isn't it? We need to love one another. It doesn't matter how hard it gets at times or how easy it may be. The point is, people should see Christ through us. So, remember when things get bad, things get out of hand. Remember that we don't want to have spiritual heart disease. We want to live the life that Christ has given us through the cross. Now, it's so wonderful, isn't it, to know that Jesus loves you. I can open my hands wide up and say, Jesus loves you. And you know that's true. Even you, buddy. Jesus loves you. So that's the message I want you to take today, is that Jesus loves you very much and that he cares for you. And it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, right? He loves you very much, as we soon will discover in our sermon today. So like always, I have a rule, right? When you come up, you get a present, right? Now they're all jealous. There you go. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. We'll, we'll continue with our next hymn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how long in hell. 
spirit languish, yearning, Lord, for Thee. Thou art mine, O Lamb divine, I will suffer to hide Thee. Not I ask beside me. Verse number four. Hence all earthly treasure, Jesus is my pleasure, Jesus is my choice. It's all empty glory, not to me thy story, told with tempting voice. Pain or loss or shame or cross Shall not from my Savior move me Since he deigns to love me Verse 6 Hence all fear and sadness For the Lord of gladness Jesus enter in. Yet ever I hear thou art still my purest treasure. Jesus priceless treasure. Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text in for this day, this fourth Sunday after Pentecost, it comes to us from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, and is read as follows. In return, widen your hearts also. This serves as the basis for this day's meditation. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, can you imagine how it must have been traveling the world over at least three times, maybe four, traveling from country to country to country, Traveling across the entire globe. Experiencing all kinds of people, all kinds of cities, all kinds of cultures. It must have been awesome, don't you think? It must have been awesome for the Apostle Paul to share the good news of Jesus with all. Awesome. Exciting news had just reached the Apostle. A new church had come into existence, and the Apostle Paul, through the work of the Holy Spirit, had brought about a new church to the city of Corinth. The Great Commission was in play. Things seemed to be going well. After all, they had a new pastor, called Apollos. New ministries were flourishing. 
As people were coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, the church grew by numbers. It was growing leaps and bounds, and God's grace was continually encompassing this young congregation. Truly, truly awesome. And then, of course, it all happened. The apostle received word that the church that he planted in Corinth was spiraling into chaos, and things had gotten off track. False apostles had infiltrated the church, telling the people of Corinth that God really didn't love them, and that the apostle Paul himself really didn't care for them either. This new congregation was off to a rocky, a rocky and hard starts. There were divisions in leadership, and of course, the cliques were causing all sorts of issues. There was even a sex scandal on one particular family member that was really challenging to the church. And there was disorder and chaos within the worship. And there was confusion about the most fundamental beliefs. And then there was the unbelief. They started to doubt the resurrection of Jesus. Yes, things were in a mess. And they weren't going as plans. The church in Corinth was in disarray. And something, something had to be done. Soon, a painful visit from the Apostle Paul, followed up quickly by a painful letter. The church there in Corinth were hanging on by a thread. Then Paul, the Apostle, the great missionary, the church planter, comes and he brings comfort and good news to the people in that church, which they desperately needed. Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions. You see, Paul is pleading with the Corinthians. He's pleading with them not to receive the grace of God in vain. Paul wants God's grace to come to full fruitfulness. He wants all the Corinthians, all the people there to experience God's grace. He wants each and every one of them to believe in the good news that Jesus died for them and that Jesus rose from the dead for them. Paul wanted them to know that Jesus reconciled them to God the Father. And now Jesus has given them the ministry of reconciliation. But you see, here's the problem. A refusal on the part of the Corinthians to be reconciled with God, with Paul, with anyone was happening. In fact, this was about to destroy the church as well as their faith. Paul notes that there was one problem for the Corinthians, and it is that their hearts were hardened. They weren't loving one another the way they ought to love one another. They put their own personal needs above the needs of others. And as it were, 
the Corinthians were diagnosed as having a form of spiritual heart disease. Their hearts were not healthy. In fact, their hearts were blocked by stubbornness, putting them all at risk. You see, this is why St. Paul, the great apostle, he pleads earnestly with them to be reconciled to God. That happens just before our reading for today. And to make room in their hearts, which happens just after our reading for today. You see, the problem with the Corinthians is also our problem. We, like the Corinthians, are in danger of receiving the grace of God in vain. That is because our hearts are frequently being restricted, closed off towards our neighbors. That is, if we are not constantly in the Word of God. Now here's a question for you. Can you relate to the problems the Corinthians had? Has your heart ever been closed off to others? Have you suffered from a similar form of spiritual heart disease? Well, the answer is yes. Of course, we all have. We're sinners. We know this. But the Corinthians, they don't have to heal their own hearts. The Lord's favor is upon them now. For now is the day of salvation in Christ. I'll say it again. Today is the day of salvation in Christ. You see, the Corinthians were not left to deal with their spiritual heart disease. They didn't need to do it on their own or be left to learn something. Paul was telling them that God loves you. So the good news for each one of us today is that we too inherit the same help, the same grace, the same salvation as those Corinthians. We too are made into a new creation by the grace of Christ. Dear friends, Jesus opened his arms. He opened his heart, his entire being, and he came down from the heavens and became a human being just like you, just like me. Jesus, the priceless treasure, the sinless Son of God, has opened his arms and took our sins. And Jesus takes those sins and he spreads them on the cross. He died for our sins. He took our suffering and our spiritual heart disease and in exchange gave us righteousness, forgiveness, and of course, a clean heart. You see, we are not alone to heal ourselves. We are healed by the grace and love of Christ. So brothers and sisters in Christ, now is the favorable time. Now is the time, the day of salvation, when Jesus brings you healing. You see, there's no waiting. There's no hoop to jump through. For on this very special day, you will receive Christ's body and blood for the forgiveness, life, and salvation that God wants you to have. On this very day, your sins have been absolved by the authority of Christ himself. And on this day, you have received God's favor by hearing the good news in Christ. Of course, here on earth, 
You and I will still suffer. God's people will still be afflicted by all the things that Paul mentions. That we will endure hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, and hunger and dishonor and slander. We will suffer the discomforts of conflict, the misery of broken relationships, and the agony of grief. We will struggle with imperfect hearts. But this struggle, my friends, will not last long. You and I, we do not receive the grace of God in vain. In fact, we receive the grace of God in its absolutely unbounded fullness. For just as Jesus is risen from the dead, you and I too will rise from our graves when our Lord returns on the last day. And when our Lord returns on that glorious day, our hearts will be open, wide open, and we will no longer be restricted in any way. When Jesus returns, our spiritual heart disease will be forever cured, forever gone. What more then is there to say but thanks be to God in his name. Amen. And now may the peace of God comfort you as you journey to life's end. In his name. Amen. Please stand. So let us then confess our faith by using the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, and one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated as we gather our offerings. <clears throat>